yes, I saw the Lamar Jackson thing. Welcome to the Lockdown Vikings podcast. You liked it on three, one, two, three. You, like you are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome to Locked On Vikings Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, your pal in the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. And thank you so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day. Uh, as always, you can find the show on Amazon Fire or Roku. Just download the Locked On Minnesota Sports app as well as YouTube or wherever it is you listen to uh, audio based shows like podcasts. <laughs> Today's Twitter Tuesday. So that means I'm answering your questions. You can send me questions whenever you want on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL or uh, at Locked On Vikings. You can send an email to Locked On Vikings Podcast at gmail.com. You can also fill out the Google form in the show notes. Uh, or leave a YouTube comment. I'll get them all logged eventually. And the first one that I am going to answer comes from Unscorchunately, who asks, Lamar, did you see the thing about Lamar? With the weight of a million voices. <laughs> yes, all right, I saw the thing about Lamar Jackson. Thank you for the clickbait. No, it's not a thing. Uh, <laughs> so here is the deal with Lamar Jackson. I got a bunch of questions about this. Commonwealth says, what would a contract to Lamar have to look like? A bunch of other QB stuff. So uh, I, I did do a whole episode about Lamar Jackson uh, and and kind of what it would have to be and how it works. He's on the exclusive franchise tag with the Ravens, so it's a little different than like, what would the Ravens take? It's kind of a little more pre-negotiated than that. Um, but where, the reason this is coming up again is Jordan Schultz, I think it was an ESPN insider thing, said that I, I think it was like an executive. I don't have access to the thing behind the paywall, so I don't have the exact quote, but I think it was like, he was talking to an executive and that executive was like spitballing and was like, I don't know. There's some teams that could go out of nowhere for Lamar Jackson. Like what if the Vikings did it? And it was just kind of like, like it wasn't actually an informed thing that tells you that there is any actual stuff happening. And, uh, here is the deal. It's not going to happen. All right. I'll eat my hat because not, not because it's so ridiculous or outlandish a thing to try to replace Kirk Cousins with Lamar Jackson. I think there are lots of arguments to be made that that could be better if you're okay with like the resources going up and like the two first round picks and all that. Um, but the Vikings restructured Kirk Cousins' contract such that uh, they now take on a lot more dead money if they trade him. You know how they saved that $16 million in uh, cap space by doing his restructure and we did the beans and all that stuff, you can kiss that cap savings goodbye. That money all comes back on the Vikings books and stays on their books, even as Cousins and the rest of his contract would go to wherever they trade him away to. So that is, I don't think, a plausible option anymore. Now, technically, they could June 1st do it, and I do think that it makes it like actually cap positive to do that, but really, 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 really inefficient. Uh, and restructuring Cousins kind of tells us, okay, they didn't plan to do that. And again, Cousins has a no trade. I feel like people are are acting like that's just like a guideline, like it's Pirates of the Caribbean. Like, no, Cousins could just come into your office and say, I'm not doing this. And there is nothing the Vikings can do about that. Uh, it's, it's a nothing burger. It's not a story. Uh, but Commonwealth does ask, what would a contract to Lamar have to be in, in order for the Ravens not to match it? I do think that's at least an interesting question because maybe somebody will do it, right? Maybe the Colts will do it. And... 
we might still be interested in that because that will take the Colts out of the uh, out of the market for a quarterback. It'll put the Ravens in the market for a quarterback, and that's way better for the Vikings. I'd much rather compete with the Ravens, who are way closer to us in drafts in in draft slot than than the Colts, who are at four, right? Um, you know, way way easier if we're talking about trading up for Will Levis or whatever. But uh, I would say, so they're paying him thirty two million. That's the exclusive rights or the non-exclusive franchise tag. The exclusive franchise tag is $45 million. So we know the Ravens were not willing to pay $45 million to Lamar Jackson, such that they were willing to lose him over it if somebody else was. So there is your kind of maximum. You're not going to have to go higher than that to get the Ravens not to match it. And then it's just a matter of, okay, what do you think the Ravens will do? And I don't know. They probably, it doesn't sound like they were going to give him 40. So if you wanted to give him 40, you could do that. Um but again, you're, you're spending two round picks so you can give a quarterback $40 million. And like a huge pillar of the argument against Cousins is that giving him $40 million like makes it so you can't surround him with supporting cast he needs and stuff. And you're just kind of giving that same problem to a different guy. Uh, a guy probably maybe more well-equipped to handle that problem, but it still feels a little bit like spending a lot to move a little. Uh, and so that it's probably not something that that makes sense right now now hey you know maybe next year if the ravens don't tag him and then if cousins is gone and we didn't get a court maybe there's there's a way that the planets align here uh but i don't think that it's in the cards this year i i don't think i know it's not in the cards this year uh if you look at the cards they say that it's not going to happen uh and anything else anybody actually trying to be like well maybe we don't know is just saying stuff to be contrarian uh, <laughs> Skull Squatch says you're not a big a fan of Will Levis. If the Viking, it's a Vi- Vikings. If the Vikings moved up in the draft to get him. Would you be excited? Would you trust in KOC's ability to teach a young QB outweigh the doubts you saw in his game on film? Uh, yeah. So let me restate my Will Levis take. I did an entire episode on it, and I actually just put up a Patreon piece at Patreon.com/LukeBrownNFL that goes over the film on all this, and it's free to watch, so you don't even have to sign up. Although I would love it if you did. So my Will Levis thing is basically. He has a very similar thing with Kirk Cousins where he has an improv problem. When things are off script and off rhythm, he doesn't really have the tools to handle that in a way that like, I mean, this is like the thing about Bryce Young, right? Bryce Young like is an improv guy and he's really, he keeps his eyes up. He can rescue pockets without breaking them. He's like everything you could ever want an improvisational quarterback, throw off platform, all that stuff. Um... And, and Will Levis kind of falls apart. He tries to scramble. He might force something stupid. He will throw off a platform that he, or like make an off-platform throw that he he can't really make, and then that can lead to inaccuracies, which leads to turnovers and all that stuff. Um, and it's like, okay, well, if we're going to spend a first-round pick on a quarterback, just to have a guy with the same like chief problem, it feels, again, like we're kind of spinning our wheels. All we're doing then is converting a first-round pick, or probably two first-round picks, because I think that's what it's going to take to move up to to actually have access to Will Levis. Um, So you're trading two first-round picks so you don't have to spend like 30 mil in cap space. And it just feels like you're exchanging one currency for another and getting a guy that needs work to get to the same level of quarterback play you have now. And that take assumes that some of his pocket jitters and some of his inaccuracy stuff will be ironed out by O'Connell or whoever his coach is. So I, I, I'm kind of already assuming that, and I still don't love it, but I'll give it a chance. Cozy asks, if Quasi fails to trade up for a QB this summer, do you think his next move is trying to come to terms with Kirk for an extension with outs, or are we going to play out the season with his contract expiring? I mean, I, you're asking me to guess here. I don't, I don't know an answer. I don't think that there's an obvious one. 
Um, but if the to for the sake of guessing, um, if they don't get a quarterback in the first round of the draft, and it really seems like they're trying to, um, but if they fail because guys go too high, the trade up doesn't work, whatever, all of that stuff is super available to happen. I think they give Kirk Cousins one another one year extension or a you know a quote unquote three year extension that's functionally a one year extension. Maybe there's extra money on the end or something like that. Um, but they have all those void years to extend stuff into, and there's framework for what I think is a one year extension. And then you're back in this exact spot next year, and you go, okay, we'll try again to go to get a quarterback with one year left of Kirk Cousins, so that quarterback can learn. And and I think if you can get them to agree to it, you just do that until you have a successor. And then finally, Matt Guess asks, finally on this kind of string of questions, Matt Guess asks, what is your desired plausible QB succession plan? Plausible doesn't mean probable, but it just means doable, right? Would be to trade up for Anthony Richardson. I think that's my favorite thing. Uh, wouldn't call it a likely scenario. I don't think he makes it out of the top five, which means I don't think he'll be in reach. Uh, and I think the, the most plausible QB succession plan that, that I think would happen is trading up for Will Levis. And I would just, you know, I'd have, have my gripes with it, but I'd give it every chance in the world. Um, but I think doing that in the, in the draft is my thing. Uh, but Hey, if there's a world where Lamar Jackson becomes a Viking and we kind of become the Lamar Jackson team, I think that'd be so fun. But I think that is something that you kind of have to, it like a lot of things need to go right in the next couple of years for the planets to eventually align and for that to eventually happen. I don't think you can just kind of move mountains right now and just bring them in just like, cause it's a little bit madden. Um, I got a whole bunch more questions to answer, so uh, I will get to those, but foist, let me talk to you about a good old Gramble. FanDuel is America's number one sports book. They have everything you could possibly want. You can bet on all the March Madness stuff. Some absolutely hilarious bad beats this weekend. There was the TCU thing. There was the 360 dunk that everybody's talking about in the uh, Florida Atlantic game. And apparently if he had made that, that would have been the over. <laughs> So that is, that would have been a catastrophic beat. But if you had the under, that's a pretty fun way to win it. Uh, might have had you sweating a little bit. So if you want to have that kind of fun, go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. And if you're new, you get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, the FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, super easy to use. And they got everything from money line to point scorers, threes, jam it all together into a big parlay. Try to get a better payout. Once again, don't miss the chance to get that no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. When you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the nba thanks so much for making locked on vikings first listen of the day let's keep it going with this twitter tuesday mail bag josh asks casual talks about hardman from the chiefs becoming a viking what would the contract look like and how would he fit in the scheme okay three facets to this one casual talks what does that mean so darren wolfson uh, answered a question somebody asked, hey, are they having any free agent talks? And he said, yeah, they talked to Mikkel Hardman, but it's super casual. Um, people kind of ran with that as like, whoa, they're going to sign him. And, and no, they're just kind of chit-chatting. Um, and, and Darren Wilson's one of the only reporters that will actually report something that is in that early stage. I think usually when we hear something from a reporter, it is very late stage, it's very real. And, and Doogie is asked, Hey, anybody they're talking to? And he's like, yeah, here's somebody they're talking to. Kind of with the expectation that that you'll you'll take that as he said it at face value and not try to apply more importance to it. So I, that, I don't think that's any more likely than any other random wide receiver out there right now. Just another dude that they had a phone call with and they've had hundreds of phone calls, I would bet. 
uh, if not hundreds, dozens. But to answer Josh's question, what would the contract look like? Um, Brad Spielberger, who's kind of the guy that I turn to for guessing contracts because I'm bad at it, says one year, four mil. Kind of just a guy contract, and I think he's just a guy. How he would fit in the scheme, he's a burner. So you would use him to uh, you know, pair with Justin Jefferson if, if they're going with that that high safety, that deep safety help, bracketing him like everybody did all year. You put Cole Hardman on that same side and you have him run a clear out, get that safety out of there. And now Justin Jefferson is back to the one-on-one you'd want with him. That's that's how you would use it. Um, but I think a lot of guys can be that. Um, and I think guys that can do more for your offense than Cole Hardman. I'm not the biggest Cole Hardman. I think he's just a dude. Uh, and honestly, if, if he became a Viking, like I wouldn't slot him in the depth chart above KJ Osborne. And so I don't think it really solves the wide receiver two problem. You know, we want somebody to slot in above KJ Osborne. We don't want Osborne to be the second wide receiver on the depth chart. And I think if you just got Hardman, you'd be going into the draft with, with him as second on the depth chart. I, I, I don't think that's what we want from the free agent. Uh, shadow asks, since we didn't cut Z or cook by the guarantee deadline, what are the odds we keep them? Uh, so with Dalvin, that the deadline stopped mattering when he got surgery. It essentially just like made that set in early, I guess, because uh, it was also guaranteed for injury, which that counts toward. Um, so I, I think the odds that we keep, I still think it's it's trade or keep um, just because there's guaranteed salary. You know, even if you're trading him for a 2025 seventh, right, like the Jesse Davis thing, you'll do that before you cut him just because it saves you the extra two mil. Um, or, you know, a conditional pick that won't go through or something like that. Like that's all, uh, fine and dandy. You're just trying to get rid of the extra money. Right. So something like that, I still think is totally in the cards, but I also don't think that there's really a sense of urgency around it for two reasons. One, he's recovering from surgery. Uh, and so you might want to do that. You know, the, the team trading for him might want to wait till he can pass a physical, uh, and two, the running back draft class is very stacked in the cheap parts of the draft in the fourth-ish round, fifth, third round, that kind of thing. So if you are a team that wants a running back and, and you're going, I don't know, maybe I can get Ty J Spears in the fourth. Why would I go get this expensive Dalvin Cook guy who's old and he's got a recovering shoulder, right? Um, after the draft, that sort of leverage might evaporate or even during the draft, right? This could be a thing that happens on day two of the draft where you're going, well, I could take this rookie or I could take Dalvin Cook. And it might sound a little bit better on actual draft night. Um, So I I don't think that there is really a sense of imminence to this Cook thing, but it could definitely, like there's, it's a long off season. Uh, And I think similar with Sedarius Smith, but right now I think the holdup with Smith is we want to get an extension done with him. But there's not really a reason to do that immediately, right? Except maybe to make cap space if you wanted to use that extension to do signing bonus stuff and, and do accounting and, and lower Zadarius Smith's cap hit by pushing money down the road. Um, then that would be a reason to do it. But I don't think the Vikings are really in any hurry there. And Zadarius Smith doesn't really have any leverage because he doesn't have any guaranteed salary. Uh, he doesn't even have that much salary. He wants a pay raise. So he kind of has to wait. Um I certainly wouldn't rule out a trade for Zadaria Smith, although it doesn't sound like there's much steam on that right now. Want to get to the rest of these questions, uh, so I'll make sure that I'm going to get to all of them, all right? But first, let me talk to you about Built 
madness, okay? Look, every time in the, like the locked on group chats with all the other locked on hosts, we start talking about Bill Bar, it inevitably devolves into arguments about which flavors are better. And we can resolve that once and for all now with Built Madness. So go to builtmarchmadness.com and you can vote for your own flavors. Go get a box, try them, and vote. You can vote every day in March. So go back to the website a whole bunch of times. Um, you can go ahead and, and vote for any Built regular bar or Built Puffs, which is their marshmallowy kind, which is great. Uh, stuff like coconut brownie chunk, their peanut butter brownie flavor, their cookies and cream flavor. And yes, these are protein bars, not candy bars with flavors that just don't exactly sound like that. But low sugar, low fat, covered in 100% chocolate, high in protein. It is so much better for you than your tongue will think it is. And ain't that the goal. So go to builtmarchmadness.com and uh, 50 fans who vote will get a box of Bill Bar sent right to their home and one lucky fan will get a whole year's worth monthly uh 12 monthly deliveries of built delivered right to their home once again that is at built march madness all one word.com moving on with this twitter tuesday episode of the locked on vikings podcast the next one comes from pseudo named who says, based on what's still out there in free agency and our current draft position slash draft trade options, what positions do you want the Vikings to address in free agency and which ones do you want them to try to fix with the draft? So my answer to this at this point in the season it has a lot to do with the fact that the draft comes after, right? We have free agency, we have a chance to solve problems before the draft starts. So I don't want to go into the draft, for example, with the cornerback room the way it is. I want another cornerback. Because I don't, I feel like they're a little priced into corner right now. They may, they could take a wide receiver, they could take a corner. But if Jalen Carter falls to 23, I don't think that they can really afford to do it because the cornerback's room is in such dire shape. That's a situation I don't want to be in. So get a corner in free agency, even if it's just like a random guy that, you know, kind of becomes your fourth dude, right? Just a, a competition for a Caleb Evans, right? Get another body so, so the room doesn't feel like a joke. Because right now it's a joke. Uh, it is... Two second-year players who are coming off of really bad injury years, Byron Murphy, and futures contracts, guys. That is a laughing stock of a room. That's not a complete thought, and if you handed that in, you would get a failing grade. Fix that. Get it to a D. <laughs> and then we can go into the draft, uh, and and then if Jalen Carter falls to 23 because he has a gas mask video or because people get too freaked out about his pro day, uh, then you can actually take advantage of stuff like that. Um so a corner, and I would love it if they got like, I guess, yeah, competition for KJ. Like if they got a Mecole Hardman, I think that would, I guess, help me for the draft. It wouldn't solve my problem. It wouldn't do a lot for me, but I guess he'll, he'd be really cheap too, so I wouldn't care that much. Uh, and, it, and it would kind of help you go, okay, that room is at least not a laughing stock uh, because I do think that there's just a big old hole in it right now, and it's just not good enough right now. So those are the two room, rooms that I think aren't good enough right now. And then, you know, if you uh, lose Zadarius Smith, I, well, I guess they brought in Marcus Davenport, so I do have, like, two good outside linebackers. But you, I think you want another starting D lineman eventually, too, and I don't know if the draft is the best place to get that, but maybe, right? Um, and maybe that's something, you know, you, then you see how the draft falls, and you go, okay, we got all these other needs figured out, but we still need a D-tackle, so now let's go get go out and get one on the draft. And there there will still be ones available after the draft. I think the, the free agent market is going to slow down a lot now as teams sort of transition to draft mode, and they go, well, I'm not going to sign you to a huge deal because I could just draft your replacement in the third round. Um, so it's kind of all about scheduling, I think, a little bit more than like, well, this is the good class and that's the bad class. Uh, but yeah, that's, I think how that works out for me. Uh, Lord Bungle asks what slash when 
would it take or when slash what would it take for you to do another history of the Vikings episode? Um, so I've thought about this a lot and a Super Bowl win, I would think about it, but not if it was like now, not if they had made some improbable run and I'd be doing a whole episode on just like the last two years. Um, in reality, it's probably like a decade, like a decade goes by. Uh, so like 2030 or kind of a, uh, an era of the Vikings goes by, however you want to define that, however it feels like an era has gone by, you know, as soon as we're like, like Justin, the end of Justin Jefferson's career. And then this, these were the Justin Jefferson Vikings, you know, and we can kind of talk about it that way. Um, but I tried to do it with the history doc. I, I basically divided it up by decade, but it kind of worked out that way where the sixties were really the expansion team years and the seventies were the purple people eater years and the eighties were the, we just moved into the metrodome years and the nineties were Chris Carter and, and Denny green. And, and then the two thousands were kind of that, you know, and it kind of, it did like sort of divvy out by decade really well, but it also like divvied out by era. Uh, and I ended up was like 1979 was one cutoff and then 1992 was the other cutoff, you know, so I I did it by era. So uh, as soon as era of the Vikings is over, I'll certainly think about it. But if a Super Bowl happens before then, uh, and, and it's, there's enough content for me to feel like it's really a fully fledged thought of an episode, um, then I, I probably do one. Uh, Dinesh Kalyana Sundar says, can you do a bean equivalent? Uh, or explain in English for NLTBE and this whole concept of per game bonuses and roster bonuses as it relates to how it impacts the cap. Okay, so um, per game roster bonuses work just like incentives, and you can think about them as a games played incentive. Um, and so the way incentive works, and I'm not going to say LTBE and NLTBE because those acronyms are insane. and and they're just not intuitive at all. I'm going to say likely and not likely. That's what these incentives are. They're likely incentives and not likely incentives. Um, And the difference between them is, did you accomplish this last year? So for example, Marcus Davenport got a a half a sack last year. So if you gave him an incentive that said, you will get one sack and you get $10 million, that would count for the cap as a not likely incentive. But if you said, we have an incentive for you to get half a cap or half a sack, it would count as a likely incentive. So hopefully you're with me on that. The difference in the the way the cap sees this is likely incentives you have to make room on your salary cap for right now. And if you hit them, it gets paid out and it just turns into bonus or salary that just counts as a as a credit as a cost on your cap. And if they don't hit it, let's say you, you know, he just doesn't get any sacks, he gets hurt, he misses the whole season or something. Um, then you you get a cap credit back next year. So yeah, you had to make room for it, but you're, you're gonna get your money back. Not likely incentives work the other way around. If I say, okay, Marcus Davenport, you have an incentive to get 20 sacks. And if you get 20 sacks, you get $20 million. I don't have to make $20 million on the cap right now. But if he does it, I have to pay that. And now I get $20 million taken off of my cap next year, which uh, is what happened with Sedaria Smith. He hit a whole bunch of not likely incentives. And that money has all been taken off of the cap this year. It's like $4 million worth. Uh, And then the per game roster bonus thing works the same way. And it just looks at, did you play that many games last year? So if you missed half the season last year and you have a million dollars worth of per game roster bonuses that divides up into whatever, 80,000, whatever that is, um, per game, and you missed 10 games, well, 10 games worth of that, that that 10 out of 17 of that million dollars won't count against this year's cap, but will be taken off of next year's cap if you play the whole season. And the games, you know, if you if you played... Uh, eight games or whatever, that eight games worth of roster bonus, you will have to make the cap space for, but if he gets hurt, you get your money back next year. That's 
the best way I know to explain it. Uh, Jack Alley says, are there NFL contract extensions that work like NBA contract extensions? The example being, if we extend JJ, that extension would be put into effect after the fifth year. Um, yeah, so contracts often work like this, but not like formally. There's not like a different kind of extension, but you can draw it up where... I'll here, let's rip up your old contract and then let's sign you to a new contract. And just so happens that the first two years of that new contract look exactly like your old contract. And then the new money really kicks in. And then if the, the difference is if you give them a signing bonus for that, it does apply to this year of the contract. Uh, but you can do stuff like, um, put a big roster bonus on their contract or something. And you can even make it guarantee, you know, the year beforehand. So the, the, the team can't do any funny business. They've done this with Kirk Cousins a few times. Um, and they did this with the Neil Hunter too, I think. And you know, then, it, then it guarantees. And then when you get there, you convert it into a signing bonus and it's kind of like functionally works the exact same way, but there's no like formal name for it. But yeah, sure. Stuff like that happens all the time. Uh, especially with extending guys off of their rookie contract because rookie contracts are so low uh, and you kind of then like scale it up or like the, the Justin Jefferson extension that I pitched has his 2024 season identical to what would happen if we franchise tagged him. It's that amount of money because why would he ever accept less money than that? He could refuse every contract in the world and we'll tag him. So that kind of has to be the minimum. Uh, Skull Actuary says, assuming full compliance from the player, can the team undo signing bonus by converting it to salary or some other method to make them tradable, e.g. Kirk or Rogers? Um, so no, once you've given somebody signing bonus, you've given them that money. So that money, that is now just something you owe to the salary cap. You have to account for it sometime. Uh, there's no way to get rid of it. The only thing that has happened in the past is arbitration. So let's say you give a guy a huge signing bonus. He rethinks everything. He retires. Uh, you can actually say, hey, man, you got to pay back that signing bonus. You didn't play for us. You got you to pay that back. And in some cases, that can actually go to like court, to arbitration. And if they pay that back, you get the salary cap credit back, I believe. Uh, but that's kind of the only way, and that's a really rare situation. Uh, Sean McNiff says, what round do you think we could get Hendon Hooker? I'm going to go with third, maybe fourth. But he does not seem like a starting quality quarterback. He's, I, I think we should have seen more from him at Tennessee over the years. Uh, if, if that were the case, he's with, with all the college time he's had. Cody Hinton says, do you think the Vikings should have done more in the first week of free agency? I don't think so. Uh, no, um, I, it, this, they did a lot. They signed a guy like every day. They signed a whole bunch of depth players. I think the volume of stuff they've done, I'm, I'm pretty satisfied with all things covered except Isaiah Hutchins. <laughs> says, come on, he was so nice. We don't have to clown Patrick Peterson like that. He was very gracious, and he helped us get Byron Murphy. Uh, he says, with both Cleveland and Ingram struggling in pass protection and Cleveland being near the end of his contract, it seems we have a need to develop at least one new future IOL. What are your thoughts on drafting someone on day two or three to compete with Ingram initially? Sure, yeah, I, I'm, I'm always down for that. They did bring back the entire OL room, so I would love to see somebody get drafted, come in and, you know, kick out a, a Schlopman or a, you know, Chris Reed or whoever. Um can earn that that'd be pretty sick sarah hardy says watching the voyage on youtube p2 has so much energy and fight in him who do you expect to replace this vibe this season if he stays darius smith has a big uh thing i think if he stays dalvin cook is a big one of those justin jefferson will be a big one of those um in terms of other guys and kind of how they come into the org uh 
Man, I, Marcus Davenport has a weird energy that might be a little contagious and it, like weird in a fun way. Um, so that might be kind of cool. And then I don't know, maybe somebody out of the draft, but I, I do agree. I think that that is something that they're going to miss that, um, that competitive energy, I guess. And uh, last one I'm going to do is from Paul, who says, should the Vikings perpetually kick the can down the road with the cap or should they avoid dead money so they can have a year where they are a top 10 cap team in space? Uh, I I don't need to be a top team in space at the start of free agency, especially because and you're seeing the Vikings do this. You can spend next year's space on guys right now and sign them to deals that will bring them there next next year. Right. Like for 2024, Byron Murphy will be a Viking. But Byron Murphy isn't in the 2024 free agency class. He's in the 2023 free agency class. So we want Byron Murphy. We got to spend it now. And we got it. We got to do it now. And we'll just backload the contract. Um, but, you know, imagine if you could take guys who are on the market in 2022. I can't think of any off the top of my head. But imagine if you could take guys from the, from the 2022 market and just yoink them off the team that actually signed them and put them here now. That's a nice thing to do, right? Um, with the kicking the can down the road thing, there's two things I'll say here. One, the cap always goes is always going up. So if I have a $9 million problem this year and I put it into next year, there's more cap next year, which means that $9 million problem will represent a less percentage of the cap and is therefore easier to deal with. So pushing it down has actual tangible equity that way. And secondly, there is no limit to the amount of years in the NFL. Unless the NFL decides, all right, 2030, that's it, we're done, and you got to be paid off by then, then we're going to be in a whole big problem. Uh, but if the cap keeps going up and the road never ends, I don't see why I can't keep kicking the can down it. I don't know what we're going to do tomorrow. Maybe we'll talk about Devin Witherspoon. I've fallen in love with him deeply. Uh, so we'll do that maybe or something else. Uh, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Maybe there'll be news. I'll see you all for whatever. And as always, skull.